Welcome to Big Skywriter, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Stop, stop, stop. This will not work. I cannot do this episode if I don't have my book. Now, I spent a good portion of the day looking through my bookshelves and old boxes stored in closets and the garage in search of my book. One specific book. I know I have it. I can remember seeing it. I think it was last year sometime. I just don't remember where I saw it. Now, I haven't gone down into the crawl space underneath the house yet, but I may be forced to take that unpleasant trip if my search continues to be unproductive. I know I have the book. I've had it for years, decades, in fact. Where is it? Now, I guess I could go to a used bookstore and see if they have one, but used bookstores are hard to find in today's world. It's not at all like the good old days I remember when I roamed through the aisles of used bookstores with thousands and thousands of books on the dusty shelves. Where is my book? I need it. Wait, could it be? Is it possible? There it is. I found it. It wasn't lost. It's right there. This is celebration time. My book is still in existence and super celebration time. I don't have to go into the crawl space. Okay, now I'm ready. Mark, do the intro again. Welcome to Big Skywriter, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Whether you write novels, teach classes, or just tell your friends what you did last weekend, if you're a storyteller, this podcast is for you. Here's the host of Big Sky Writer, Clint Morey. Thank you, Mark. Today's episode is A Rose by Any Other Name. Now, a little over 400 years ago, a white guy wrote a play that was very popular in its day. Through the years, the decades, and the centuries, it continued to be popular. In fact, the play is still performed today. Romeo and Juliet, written by William Shakespeare in the 1590s, tells the story of two young lovers, you may be able to guess their names, who are prevented from getting together because of the hatred between their families. In Act Two, Scene Two, Juliet bemoans the situation by saying, What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called. The point being that what someone is called doesn't change what they really are. And it's a good observation. Let me give you a couple of examples. There are some roses in my yard. Now, they're very pretty. Suppose I walked up to those roses and stated right to its petals, you are a pile of dog poop. Not only don't I listen to the roses' protestations or to their fellow flowers who take offense at my description, but I double down and I say again, you are a pile of dog poop. Now, I encourage you to try this yourself. If you don't have roses in your yard, go to the flower section of your local supermarket and tell a bunch of roses, you are a pile of dog poop. Now, you might want to look around before you say it, however. Some shoppers might think you have some serious issues. Then, gather up some of those roses, take them home, 
place them in a vase and set the vase on your dining room table. What you called a pile of dog poop will look like roses. And if you were to lean close and smell them, they would smell like roses. It doesn't matter what you call them. They still look and smell like roses because they're roses. Or as Juliet says in the play, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Let me give you another example. Suppose a dog walker didn't do their job and pick up after their canine, and when you came outside, you found a pile of dog poop on your front yard. I want you to go up to that pile of dog poop, lean down close, and tell it out loud and clear, you are a rose. <laughs> now, if you decide you must test this out yourself, uh, don't let your neighbors see you. Then pick up that pile of dog poop, carry it into your house, put it in a vase, and set the vase on your dining room table. Now, it may not look like a rose at this point, so you'll probably have to remind it, you are a rose, and then lean down and take a big whiff. I can guarantee you that your rose will look and smell like a pile of dog poop, because that's what it is. Which brings me to my thought for today's episode. Right now, I'm holding in my hands that book I was looking for at the beginning of the episode. It's a special book. This particular one was printed in 1968, 54 years ago, and it's big, and it's heavy, and the print is very, very small because they had to fit a whole bunch of words onto the pages. It's called, are you ready? A dictionary. You see, there was a time when words had meanings. And dictionaries were physical books where the meanings of words were written down for everyone to see. I know, it was a different time. Words no longer have meanings. Let me rephrase that. Words no longer have the meanings they used to have. Today, a word means what the politically correct, uh, woke, want it to mean. A couple of examples. I have heard the term birthing person used a lot lately. I have to admit, it wasn't a word I remember using in my past at all, so I headed to the dictionary, my big, heavy, small print dictionary, to check it out. I looked and looked and looked, and I could not find the word. What kind of dictionary is this? It doesn't even have a word that all the smart people use today. Oh, it did have words like birthday, birthmark, birthday suit, but no birthing person. I have to admit it did have the term birth certificate, but look at the definition. Birth certificate, an official form recording the birth of a baby, noting the name, sex, date, place, parent's name, and the like. And that's from the Random House Dictionary of 1968. <sighs> Boy, no, no, no I, I mean girl. No, I mean person. Where did they come up with that definition? Like a doctor could actually know what the sex of a baby is when it's born? Who do doctors think they are? Biologists? <sighs> could people really have been that stupid 54 years ago? And concerning that thing that comes out of those birthing persons, 
you can't seriously call it a baby. I mean, if you call it a baby, you might feel bad if you ask a doctor to kill it. And since not feeling bad is one of the prime directives of the woke human race today, it's easier to rename that thing in the birthing person's belly tissue so it can be eliminated without remorse. A rose by any other name. Now, it has become fashionable in our world today to redefine words, and they aren't being redefined to reflect a gradual change in usage through the years. They are being redefined to support an agenda. Take recessions. If you're a politician in charge of a government that is in a recession because of your actions, well, rather than face the consequences of your actions that are leading toward economic collapse, it's much easier to just change the definition of the word recession. That way you can just smile and tell people that everything is good. Another word, vaccines. When the government tells everyone to inject a vaccine into their body so they don't get a disease, because that's what a vaccine does, it keeps you from getting the disease. But when millions of people still get the disease after taking the vaccine, what do you think the government does? Do you think they tell the people to stop taking what they call the vaccine and then tell the pharmaceutical companies to fix the thing they called the vaccine? <laughs> oh my, not a chance. When the, what the government does is change the definition of a vaccine. Taking a vaccine no longer keeps you from getting the disease <laughs> because they changed the definition. Their brand new definition of a vaccine uh, now lets you get the disease even after you take the vaccine so you can keep calling it a vaccine. Okay, another one or actually a couple of words here. Cadets at the United States Air Force Academy have been told not to use the words mom or dad because those words are too gender specific. Now you have to admit they have a point. Mom and dad are definitely gender specific terms. Instead, the future officers of the United States Air Force should use words such as parent or caregiver so people can't tell what sex your mom or dad are. But it doesn't end there. The Air Force also doesn't want their future officers to use the words boyfriend or girlfriend because those are also gender-specific terms. Instead, the future officers of the Air Force should use words such as partner so that people can't tell what sex their boyfriend or girlfriend is. Now, as the world teeters on the edge of nuclear war, isn't it nice to know that we are training our military leaders to be woke? A rose by any other name. Now I have a few reviews and some notes in my uh, podcast notes, and I'd encourage you to check them out if you're just listening to the audio podcast. But before I go, I'd like to share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you show you his favor and give you his peace. Number 6, 24 to 26. Until the next time, be the reason someone smiles today. <laughs>